My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. What does it take to be a great woman of faith in the Bible? I think that we underestimate the power of a quiet and faithful life. And in this series of podcasts, we're going to look at three great women. They may not have been greatly known, but they did great things for God. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days, Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life. So let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. Today's podcast is sponsored by my book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power. As the world grows darker and it gets more and more scary for our kids, we have a choice. Are we going to be a worry warrior or a prayer warrior? The goal of this book is to help you become a great prayer warrior fighting for your kids, no matter how old they have grown, no matter how far from your home they've moved, no matter how far from the faith they have wandered. Your prayers matter. So go to Amazon, pick up a copy of Unceasing Today, and begin praying for your kids. Today we're starting a new series, Three Great Women in the Bible. And I really love looking at the stories in the Bible and finding lessons for my life. But the women that we're going to look at, these great women, I want to tell you something. They're the quiet ones, the more unknown. Because I think it's a false dichotomy to say we have to be well-known to be great, because I think that we underestimate the power of a quiet, faithful life, following the Lord and doing His will in our little circles of influence. So we're going to look at how the Lord reveals Himself and His character through these stories that He tells, the ones that He has chosen to relate in Scripture. You know, these women that I'm going to talk about in the next couple of episodes, they wouldn't have had big followings in today's world of social media numbers that determine whether we're an influencer. And if you have a lot, but not quite so many, like in the millions, then you can be a micro influencer. But what about the rest of us? We're going to look at these Bible stories because I think they inform our lives and how we look at the importance of our day to day decisions. The Bible is not just some storybook. It's living, it's active, it slices and dices and changes us. It cuts us open to reveal wrong thinking, and it is more valuable than gold, and it is sweeter than honey. The Bible is the greatest gift that we have in walking out our lives in the Lord other than the Holy Spirit. At each one of these episodes, I'm going to start with some promises 
that what scripture will do, what scripture promises itself that it will do in our lives. So the first two is this one is from Isaiah 55 11. The word will not return void or empty. And what that means is that when the word of God goes into hearts, even if we don't see something that looks like it's changing our life or someone else's life, the promise is that it will not return empty. And here's another promise, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. The scripture will teach, reprove, correct, and train us so that we're equipped for the work he gives us. And that kind of covers everything. It teaches us what we should and shouldn't do. It reproves things that when we are having wrong thinking or wrong actions or wrong responses to other, the word is going to reprove us. It's going to then correct us, take us from that wrong action and head us toward the right action. And then it's going to train us so that we keep going in those right heart attitudes, those right ways of thinking, those right ways of serving others. Okay, I've got two promises in each one of these episodes on great women. So stay tuned. There's more to come. But I just want to make the point that that's why, because of all that the Bible can do and will do in our lives, that is why every minute we spend in the Bible builds us up. Nothing that we study will return empty to us. It will always build us to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, and to love those around us better. And every time we read something and we go, huh, I don't really know what that means, we also know that the Spirit will help us understand. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13. And in the end of 13, it tells us that we are taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths. So we can come at these stories that might seem small and insignificant and go, Lord, what is this? But God will teach us what is true. So let's pray really quick. Holy Spirit, I just ask you to enlighten my heart as I teach from the word and enlighten listeners' hearts as they hear your word to have truth go deep down in our hearts that we would follow you and love you and serve you better. Okay, so we, like I said, we are going to be looking at three women that aren't necessarily the big ones. You know, it's not like, okay, Esther and she became queen. That's great. But queen, that's pretty significant. We have Sarah. She's the mother of the entire um, people of Israel. So that's, you know, she was really big. Mary and Martha, they got to sit with Jesus and serve Jesus. And so, you know, that was pretty special. But we're going to look at some smaller stories. And I'm going to start with one in Kings. And the reason that I'm looking at these ones that are not so famous or noteworthy is because that is where most of us are, right? They Their lives wouldn't show up in another book. But yet, and I just want to say, yet is one of my very favorite Bible words. Circle that when you find that in scripture, because yet lives matter. Lives matter that aren't major influencers or micro influencers or any of those other things, but are faithful living for the Lord exactly where he places us or allows us to be, it matters. They're almost like hidden women in scripture that just opens a window to these lives that we wouldn't have known about any other way and shows us what that means. There's a quote from Ann Voskamp that I'll repeat in each one of these episodes because it is one that just keeps resounding through my mind, helping me think about the small decisions I make. Here's her quote. Every day with every word we get to decide, do we mar the world or mark the world? Why in the world disdain the small? It's always the smallest strokes that add up to the greatest 
masterpieces because the thing really is, do we ever really know which mark we make that will matter the most? The extraordinary things happen nowhere else but in the everyday. And like I said, that's from Anne Voskamp. So we don't know which marks we're going to make that will matter the most. Let's look at some people that decided to mark the world with the Lord. The story for today, and the first one of our three girls, is from 2 Kings 5. And if you want to read the whole story, it goes verses 1 through 15. And I'm not going to read all that because just of time. But in this, we have a young girl. And this girl, we don't even get her name. But here's what we do know about her and what we can safely assume. She lived about 2,800 years ago. Think about that. Almost 3,000 years ago. And she had a rough life, very much like the stories we have been seeing of um, what has happened in Afghanistan lately. She was taken captive when soldiers raided her home. She had lost all of her family. And we can only assume all the deep trauma that she had endured. But now she's a servant, and she's a servant in a Syrian general's home, and she serves the general's wife. She's old enough that when she was taken, she can remember important details about her home. Now, Naaman was the general, and he was highly respected. He had the ear of the king. The Lord even had given him victory. He was valiant. But there's one more thing. He was a leper. And he was a general in an army that was one of the most brutal in all the world at the time. And he could not have been a nice guy. He would have had to be brutal and determined to even rule. But here he is now with a disease that he can do nothing about and that will destroy all it is that he has accomplished. And the slave girl in this environment speaks to her mistress. So she remembers the prophet of the Lord. And she remembers then also the Lord, the only one that can save. Her words get all the way to the king of this, um, that Naaman serves. And the king instructs Naaman to go visit Elisha, who is the prophet that she remembers. Here's the thing. Her courage to speak of God's prophet gives us this amazing story because the story of Naaman teaches us whole other spiritual things of doing all that we are commanded, even when it doesn't make any sense. Because Naaman goes to Elisha. Elisha won't even come in contact with him. He stands away from him and he says, go, go in the river and go under the water seven times. And that seems illogical and doesn't make any sense. And the general who's the big Mr. Command doesn't want to be told what to do. And he doesn't like it if he doesn't understand what he does. And so he goes down to the river and he dips himself six times. And he says, this is ridiculous. It's not working. And his servant says, would you have done something exactly what the prophet said if it had been hard? Try this one more time. And he did it the seventh time. He completed the obedience. And when he did that, he was healed. And this story just amazes me because it challenges the part of me that balks at God's commands when they don't make sense or when I find myself somewhere I don't want to be, when I question if God is still in what is going on. And I can be mad at how he allowed things to work out. And that at that moment, I want to turn and run. But both Naaman and his long obedience of having to do it exactly like God said seven times, 
and this young servant girl's obedience to be where she was and not forget the Lord, remember the Lord and being brave enough to speak. Those Both of those people point me to a place of where I want to live my life in long and faithful obedience to the Lord exactly where he has me. So there we go. Our first great woman, an unnamed servant girl who was brave and who did not curse her circumstances, but still serve the Lord exactly where she was. Now, in our next episode, we're going to look at long obedience again, but from the other end of life. Until then, where does God have you right now? How can you serve Him exactly where you are? Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 